Well, before we get started, are we, I'm sporting our merch. What do you, you think of it? I think it's so great. So great, in fact, that I almost wore the exact same shirt today. <laughs> that sounded so <laughs> scripted. I think it's so great. I like it. <laughs> Where can you buy it? Where can people buy it, Emily? Um, so the best way to do it probably is to go to our link tree and then click our merch link. Yeah. But it's on Teespring, but it's not really possible. It's just find. I will say this. Okay. That if you use the promo code DZ2023, you get 20% off. Should have done 23% off. I'll change it right now. Yeah. Well, not right now. we got a right podcast now. to do. Um, speaking of clothes, <laughs> this is... Great segue. I know. I have many talents. Uh, I have a theory that I need to tell you. I actually thought about it as we were recording, and you said something about fully processing emotions. Okay. I think... I can't believe I've never told you this. I believe this very firmly, <laughs> that we process our emotions the same way we fold our laundry. Okay. You've never said that for sure, okay. so say more. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> we were like, my boyfriend and I like just started talking, and I told him that, and he just responded. He was just like, what drugs did you take this morning? <laughs> um, but like, okay, how do you fold your laundry? Uh, just, well, so I'm just, thinking like now yeah, like yeah. A, uh, a way about this. Right? Level. So I, it's really funny. It all depends on the mood of it. <laughs> So oh. sometimes I like I'm a very particular folder. So I try to like fold nice and well. But like there's times where I'll just like lump things into a pile or like ball them up. I used to be like a roller. Okay. Um and I still do that when I travel because I think mm. it gives you more space. Uh but, traveling gives you more space. Yeah. But socks and underwear, you just throw them into But piles. do you so it in it's in the basket. Do you dump it all out or do you take one thing out of the basket? And do you hang up right away? Or do you put it on hangers, make a pile, and then hang it all up? Yeah, so I pull one thing out of the basket when I fold it. I hang 98% of my clothes. So I don't actually fold very many things. So my kids' clothes are mostly what I'm folding. But I take them one at a time out of the basket. And then you put it directly into the closet? No, no. I fold them, put them on my couch, and then I put them back in the basket, and then take them upstairs, and then put them into wherever the person's thing is. No, for yours, though. You take it out of the basket, Yeah. put it on, and put it... Okay, interesting. So you're like... I have one feeling, and I'm going to figure it out until I feel like it's in its place. That's right. Does that feel pretty accurate? So far, I feel like I'm nailing this. I think you're nailing it. Uh-huh. Um, I think that might be true. I'm a, I like to process things and move through them uh-huh. singularly. Yeah. So I dump it all out on the floor. Okay. And then I sit down, probably put a movie on. and It's like a whole day. I, it's one of my favorite things to do though, but I like wait till there's a lot and then I, I make piles until the, the big pile is gone, little piles, and then it will all slowly, I mean, then it will go to the closet, but I'm like with it all sitting in the midst of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think nothing describes your deconstruction journey more than that. (laughs) No, for real though. I think that's right. I just, I guess I don't really know where that was going. I just really wanted to, to talk share about that it. because I thought of it, but I didn't feel like it was appropriate last episode to just throw that in there. Yeah, you've been waiting just like weeks to like get this in. Absolutely. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to shoehorn it in now. I told someone that in college and he was a psych major and he was like, that's going to be my dissertation. And I was like, uh, are you, how much are you going to pay me for that idea? Like, Have you reached back out? Did he actually use it? Uh, he better not have. 
Might have to find I'm out. Going to his wedding soon, so I'll ask him then. I like that. <laughs> um, okay, but I want to talk about a very specific phrase that I just thought of the other day. Probably because someone said it to me. I don't know. So you didn't come up with the phrase. Someone said it to you. I did not come up with yeah, this phrase. Okay. I, we're not just going to start talking about phrases I come yeah. up with. <laughs> um, but I heard it a lot when I was like deep in the PCA. And a lot of people will say it's kind of one of those things that people will just say offhandedly now. Like, well, obviously this. And then the, and they say, so anyway, they say to doubt your doubts. Mm-hmm. And they say like, you're doubting your faith. Classic. But when like just how you're doubting your faith, doubt the doubts you have. Sure. So, but to or first takes on that. Yeah, first takes. I don't want to let. Yeah, first initial thought is that it's implying that you are not trustworthy, and like anything that you believe is naturally and inherently wrong. So I don't love that. And then the other side of it. So from the pastor, whoever's saying it's perspective, what they're saying is like, so say you doubt the resurrection happened. Then you have to <laughs> ask yourself, why are you doubting that the uh-huh. resurrection happened? Which I don't think is altogether unhelpful. Like, I think a- asking yeah. questions about your doubts. So, practically, I think it's a great thing. At, like, deconstruct and doubt and, like, examine why you're doubting and what the core of it is. Okay. I think when it's said, it's probably not as positive and affirming as it is when you unpack the whole context outside of, like, a phrase that's unhelpful to someone who is like, you know, I doubt that God exists. Well, you got to doubt your doubts. Like if you had a longer conversation, Great. then I have to be doubt better. that doubt that I'm doubting this yeah. doubt. It's you know, it's a slippery slope. <laughs> that is when they talk about the slippery slope of deconstruction. That's the one they're talking about. That's the one they're talking about. Did you ever have that sign in elementary school that was like the slippery slope, and it was just a guy going, and it was like you can either fight someone or like hate them or talk about it. <laughs> Never. Okay, I looked at that like every day growing up, and yeah. I was like, damn. So whenever slope. someone says slippery slope, I just see this guy slipping in white goo and then hating someone on the playground. You have a real vivid image of it. Very vivid. Oh, this is a total side note. I'm in a side note mood today. Um, I have <laughs> every state has a color in my mind because <laughs> Michigan, because green, Oregon, uh, brown, Texas, purple, Rhode Island, pink. Okay. Um, so <laughs> there, we had a, we had a placemat that was all the states of the country and they all had colors and now. That's what you think of them as. Yeah. Just wanted to share that. Okay. So, uh, doubt your doubts. So for you, so that's my take <laughs> on it. Like, what do you, th- like when someone says for you. Here, pull us back in. <laughs> when someone says it to you, what emotions initially are stirred up? Like I might, my, my suspicion is frustration. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I love it. Um, I agree with so many of your sentiments. So immediately, right. Well, at first when I, the first time I heard it, I was like, damn, that's such a good point. (laughs) I was like, wow, I never thought about it like that. Like you got to doubt everything. But, um, and, but as I think about it more, what I hear is like, you can't be trusted. Basically your questions can't be trusted and your questions are laden with sin. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is difficult because doubt is exhausting. And you're basically asking me to double the doubt of like, (laughs) double the doubt. 
new merge thing. Like um, <laughs> but it's real mixed message. <laughs> but like, it's just a lot. It's overwhelming. And what I hear most of all is like, you can't be trusted on this journey. Like even I said this on our like first episode, I talked about how deconstruction is like putting all the furniture out of the house mm-hmm. and then bringing it back in. But like I had a pastor say like, but you're in charge of that. Like SOS, like scripture needs to be in charge of it. And I was just like, I don't know, man, I need something like mm. I need some autonomy. Yeah. And yeah. And so that, but then it's like, but at the same time, growing up in a like denomination that told me like the heart is deceitful above all things and everything about me is untrustworthy. I'm already working so hard just to trust myself in this process to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's an interesting, like, lens that people come in with, right? Yeah. Like, and this is where I hear a thing like that, and I just don't resonate with it because mm-hmm. I look at so many places in Scripture where people had questions or doubts about themselves or about God, and God was fully present in those doubts and those questions and um, walked with them. I just think there's such a myth, especially in the kind of fundamentalist or hyper-evangelical world of a myth of certainty and mm-hmm. when you have a doubt what it does is it starts to like topple the tower of certainty and i think it does create a slippery slope for someone that's in that space so if you're asking all these questions then the the tower of belief that we built starts to, to weaken and seem unstable but for me i just think it's a path to getting to know what you believe better like in any good, we wouldn't say doubt your doubts, but in science, like if you're a good scientist, right. you wouldn't take anything at face value. You'd, mm, you'd test mm. it and you'd you'd create a theory and a hypothesis, all those things, right? And you, you'd navigate through that whole journey. But in faith, we're often just told, again, like I say, I hate this sentiment or statement as much as you may behave this one. Like the Bible says it, that settles it. Yeah. And those two things kind of go interconnected it's like uh-huh. you shouldn't have any doubt because we have the, the the perfect rule book sitting here and everything and it's exactly right and then everything else around it shouldn't be doubted so and also i think the end goal of i think doubt can lead to greater depths of faith mm. i think for maybe your pca pastor like they would have thought doubt would lead you on a one-way ticket to hell but i think it's like part of it also is they get you. This is gonna. Be, this is gonna be very cynical, but I just need to go this direction yeah. really quick. They kind of get you by saying like nothing about you is good and trustworthy, and so then you're like, so I need all of my knowledge, like in a sense, my like epistemology, like how I know things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it'd be so funny <laughs> if we had a podcast called Epistemology, but like pissed. I was like, <laughs> like I'm so mad <laughs> about knowing things. Okay. And that 1% of people would find it as funny as you do. Okay. And so, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I'm just, woo. Uh, epistemology is interesting, though. Like, the idea of it, oh, like, of how we know what we know. And I think, so continue what you're saying, but I think it's something that philosophers would talk more about. In faith, we very rarely talk about how we know what we know and, like, dive into kind of those epistemological arguments so but yes that's the thing that's what was on my mind is like but anyway they're saying your epistemology how you know things it can't be from you at all 
So it has to be from an outside source. And they say it's God, but it kind of includes them, the pastors. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, God's your outside source. The Bible's your outside source. But I'm the one that's interpreting this outside source to you. So then it's this weird. So when they say doubt your doubts, what they're saying is, did you forget that you're an idiot and you can't be trusted? And you need to just listen to us. Yeah. And that, like, if you've been in that for, like, 20-plus years, like, it kind of gets to your head. Like, you're like, are my doubts crazy? Because also, I read this book that's pretty good, but he said this one thing. He was like, questions were born in sin. Satan brought questions into the world. Because he said the first question in the Bible, do you know what it is? Tell it to us for our listeners. Did God really say? That's the first time we see a question in scripture. And so he was like, the first time questions questions came in to deceive us mm-hmm. by Satan. Satan invented questions. And that is like, that is a theology that will really get to you. And you think that everything you're doing is wrong. I don't really agree with him. Because then God redeems questioning because he says, where are you in the garden? He uses questions to move toward his people. Yeah. We're getting really theological. Yeah. And I, I dig it. So I think it's, I think it's interesting. Like I, I don't know, like the idea that questions could be from the devil, I think is such an, for exactly what you just said. I think. Yeah. Jesus asks more questions than he provides answers, mm-hmm. right? And so, and you can make the argument that Jesus is redeeming what once was uh, yeah. from the devil. So, I mean, you can make that argument, but I do think questions can be a great path to greater knowledge. I also think that I was just thinking about this, and and this is not going to be something that's like a brand new idea. But I'm thinking about your perspective sitting in that chair, like doubt your doubts, right? And then yeah. you can't be trusted, and but the the leadership can be trusted at mm-hmm. equal par with the Bible and with God, right? Like, yeah. I I go back to the core of what kind of has tr- led to the trickle of this, right? And I think maybe other people are in that. It's like this idea that your seat at the table isn't valuable, your voice doesn't matter, your critical thinking doesn't matter, and that you just can't be trusted. Mm. And I've seen the implication of that. Like when we first started this podcast and even before that, like talking, like your level of self-confidence and your knowledge to know things was very low. Like you were very timid. And when you would like ask me a question or if I would push back, your natural response was, Danny, you're right. Um, Or you would at least entertain the idea that I was right before you thought about you being right. Mm. Um, and I think that's really interesting. So I've watched your confidence grow. Yeah. And I don't always agree with the things you think, but I think as a testament to your friend and where I think what God is doing in you is really good. It's like you're reclaiming like the identity of who God created you to be and the confidence in yourself and not thinking that other people are just naturally better, smarter, more faithful. And so like, it's just an interesting journey. Like, to watch in real time. And for anyone that's going through deconstruction, I think mm. there's a confidence that you start to regain in yourself of saying like, Hey, maybe like God values my thoughts and my voice and all of that in this process. So like, but like you just said, like, I don't always agree with what you say. If you would have said that in June when we started this, I would have been like, Oh, so Danny just hates me and doesn't like yeah. me. There was a time early on and you should go back and watch it. Like if I said, or if my facial expressions implied disagreement, you would stop and ask me, 
if I like you were like you would dive into me I didn't have to say anything uh-huh. and I probably didn't even feel that and so that's where I'm saying that yeah there's a level of mm. like self-confidence where now you're not assuming that you're wrong just off the jump and then even if I say that then it doesn't evoke negative emotions but again I think that's built in like relationship and trust absolutely um, and your trust with where you came from has been fractured in mm-hmm. that and so it's hard to hard to then rebuild that without a two-way street you know what I mean yeah, and we talked about that. Like, Dustin was like, you guys need to fight more. And I was like, well, then I will cry. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So we can. <laughs> I don't mind crying on camera. But it's like, it's just, I love that you pointed that out because it has been a shift. But I think why I've been processing that phrase, I haven't heard it in a while because I haven't been in those spaces. But someone, I think we were Marco Poloing. Are you into Marco Polo? I download and then delete it and I'm off and on. I love Marco Polo. It's yeah. my favorite way to communicate. Anyway, so there's an ad. Sponsor us. Um, <laughs> Google Docs and Marco Polo. <laughs> We're just shooting for the big guns <laughs> right away. But um, she, like she was just like, yeah, and just don't forget to doubt your doubts. And then I was like, oh. But here's why I think that phrase got to me is because my sophomore year, we were talking about philosophers, my sophomore year of high school. And my teacher had us write a bunch of things that we know for certain and it was like our name, our, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Your age. Sure. And just like a bunch of things are like, did I have a dog? I don't know. And then we went outside. We, we wrote it on a piece of fruit. I didn't say that. And we went outside and we threw it up and he hit it with a bat and it exploded. <laughs> he was like, he's a great teacher and it was a very vivid image. But like, he was like, this is what happens when you start to doubt something is you end up with nothing. You end up with no, <laughs> you end up Dang. with no, who's the one, who's the philosopher that said, I think therefore I am. I don't Descartes? think. Descartes, 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 it was Descartes. Um, look at you. Uh, and I know my philosopher. <laughs> yeah, it, it was exactly Descartes. And he was like, so he ends up with nothing. And I, that, I told my therapist recently that that's kind of how I feel. Like, I feel like I pulled a thread on a sweater and now I'm naked. Like, so it's like doubt your doubts. I guess I don't. It's not that I was doubting myself, but I feel like I'm at the end of the road of doubts and I'm left with nothing. And I'm like, maybe everyone was right and I should have. I shouldn't have pulled this thread. Yeah. That's interesting. Do you, so you say maybe you never should have pulled it. Do you, on the converse though, do you feel more at home where you are? Like, do you, do you really feel that way or do you feel like you should feel that way? Ooh, ooh, good question. <laughs> uh, back in, I would say yes to that. Like I would say, I'm so glad I pulled, if I, if I really zoom out, mm-hmm. I'm like, girl, this was such a good journey for you. You're such a. I'm who I am today in so many ways because I I started pulling the thread and I'm really happy with my life in a lot of ways. But in the moment, sometimes it can feel like it's vulnerable to feel naked. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry we're using the image of being <laughs> naked, but like like <laughs> like that is very vulnerable and yeah. it doesn't so it's like this balance of we're watching Emily's journey of trusting herself more and 
having more confidence. And at the same time, I feel like I have nothing to clothe me or protect me. This is the, the analogy is kind of faltering, but I kind of am trying to stick with it. I think we're all with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I get it. I mean, I think it's gotta be, it's, vulnerable and like in a weird space to because you've said this before and i've said this to you like everything you once knew yeah and all the clothes you once had, like all the things that you used to like have that you would like wrap yourself in are no longer the things that you find the same level of comfort or protection or value in and so there is a shifting of of those things and um and it's like it's like for a while <laughs> i'm sticking with the i analogy. can tell i can tell when you're gonna double down hard on a... <laughs> for a while so let's say it was like a sweater right yeah. okay <laughs> yeah. like the like the embrace the journey deconstruction on merch one you're wearing right but now don't pull these threads <laughs> all right continue sorry i, okay. I shouldn't have derailed you um god whatever no i'm kidding uh it's like i pulled it and then for a little bit, I just had like a sweater tank top. So it's like, it wasn't as protective of a piece of clothing, sure. but it was still something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Like, and then it just, and then, and that was, I was just vibing in the tank top for a while, the sweater tank top, weird look. But then I just kept pulling and then I have nothing. And I think some people... Like, I had a conversation with Crispin Mayfield a while back. This will be later. Um, And I asked him, I was like, why didn't you just, like, leave, like, if it's so so harmful? And he was like, I just couldn't do that. Like, I wasn't ready for that. I didn't want to do that. And so, like, I think he, like, kept his tank top and found the way to, like, make that work with his style. (laughs) I'm really... (laughs) real style. Um, (laughs) But, like, I don't... Like, I don't feel like I have any of that protection anymore. Mm. Like, I just took it to the extreme. And I wasn't planning on taking it to the extreme. I wasn't, I was maybe just planning on, like, having the collar a little bit loose. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> Let's shift off this. Um, so, I do have, a, I have an interesting question that I, I wanted we'll see. to see ask it's today. Um, because I think we are the people we are. And we, like, we may think one thing right in this one space and then we so i say to people like the type of pastor i am is defined by my childhood experiences like and so i I do that so and i don't know how far this question goes to me it's not that good but i feel like you you were bible student of the year right yeah you were like the poster child are you trying to be the deconstruction student of the year oh shit (laughs) that's a phenomenal question dude yeah, I was. I just it crossed my because you're deconstructing with the same fervor I imagine you did your faith, and and so I just wonder, and not even wonder because I would say my I would say I think you are doing that. Like, but uh-huh. what do you feel like that? And it's I don't think like it's a bad that. thing. Yeah, no, no, but it's a it's an interesting thought. Well, I think I wanted to be the poster child of you can do this and not lose your faith. Uh huh. That's what I wanted to be the poster child of. Mm-hmm. Like, get the deconstruction, but still be a Christian award. Sure. And then it just kept going. And then I feel like I had that award for a little bit. I feel like I was like showing people, like, hey, look, I can, like. Yeah, you were preaching. You were in, tr- like, you were like on all, like, you 
we're still holding up all the absolutely the markers of what that would mean. And some people were pissed. Sure. But and some people thought that was me going off the deep end. And that's fine. So potentially we recorded a while back. And so maybe it would be the episode before this one. And maybe we said or two before this. And maybe you've already answered this. But if you're willing, like, where are you like spiritually in your deconstruction? Because it's like there was a sense of when we started this, right? Yeah. That it's like we there's been tension, right? Like I'm going to hold the tension. But this podcast was right. I wasn't in like we would have never said it was me walking you through or pastoring you through your deconstruction. Right. We yeah. would have not said that. But in some ways it, it manifested itself that way. It's like you were deconstructing, um, bouncing ideas. We're creating a safe space. Right. Now, like it seems like you're fully in the throes of deconstruction, which I think is great. But I think, okay. and I think for people listening or watching, I think it's great for us to, with honesty, say we are. Like I got railed for a Pride and Prejudice lie, and so. Can <laughs> <laughs> oh, we talk about you commented back to that person? I heard he didn't have enough pride or prejudice. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. I thought that was phenomenal. Um, but I think with honesty, being yeah. like, "Hey, where are you?" Like. And, and not, and I hope you know that it's like there's no right answer, or wrong answer. I know me. that, but it's just big to like admit it. Okay, so maybe we didn't say this on a recent episode. Uh, I would say I'm like functionally an agnostic. Sure. And mostly am what? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not like. I don't know, like that. Yeah, that's where I'm, that's just the honest answer. I don't really pray. Uh, and it's been kind of nice. But I don't necessarily feel like I'm at the end of the road or at the end of my journey. Yeah. Like I've told some people and they were like, well, that makes me so sad. And I'm like, it, it kind of makes me sad too. Like it's a weird place to be at. But I don't think that my journey with God is over. Mm-hmm. Maybe. It, I don't think it is. Yeah. I don't know. I definitely am not like hardcore atheist. Like there's no God. There's nothing. There's no meaning. Right. I think it's. I think this is what it is. Ooh. I think... I think this is the point when all the furniture's out of the house. Mm. Yeah. And you're just, like, looking around. Yeah. I mean, yeah, early on we talked, like, we talked about the process of taking everything out. And I think when episode whatever we said that... One. I think you would have thought... It was all already out. Yeah. And you would like moved a chair out, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's an interesting place mm. to be in to name. It's like now you're looking around the empty room and deciding what you do or don't bring back in, or if you go buy a different house altogether. And the garage sale what you had. Um there's something really nice about being in the empty house. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna rush that. Yeah. There's also something really scary about the fact that, like, I have the cap- I, the Emily that won the Bible Award has the capability of having an empty house. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more room to move around. There's n- less comfortable things to rest on when you take everything. Yes. Out, right? No, so. this analogy is perfect. Um. Oh, that's. Ex- I never. I haven't named that, but that's exactly what it feels like. And I had already. Yeah, I totally thought that everything was out of the house already. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just as a chef, I appreciate you saying that. And I know I kind of put you on the spot with that. No, yeah. Uh, but I think if for no other reason than for you to name it, because like I think, and you probably say it with other people, and maybe you do or don't, or but I don't know any of that, like because I'm not eavesdropping on your conversations. Yeah. But totally. I think uh, I think naming it for you 
is helpful, but also if, like there's people that listen that are fully atheist, fully agnostic, mm-hmm. or if they are on the first item out of the room, or maybe everything is finally out of the house, right? Yeah. And I think at the core of what really started this was creating a safe space for two friends to have a conversation, one that just happens to be a pastor and the other happens to be a thriving comedian slash teacher. And so I'm trying to figure <laughs> out a way for for people to feel safe. Like, I think there's no doubt, at least from my perspective, that this is a safe space for the two of us. Yeah. But I think creating that for other people takes work. And so people knowing, like, wherever you are, like, this is a safe place to, like, name doubts and wrestle with things and take things out of the room and from my perspective hopefully bring them back in but i said this before like our friendship isn't predicated on your relationship with jesus like we're friends because we're friends and every time you say that that means so much to me like for real like you texted me that you were just like you were just like just a reminder that your uh, value is not in your church attendance or like where you're at with jesus and i was like you've said that to me before but like every time i hear it from you i'm just like Oh, he's like serious. These people, and I not that yeah, I didn't yeah. believe you, yeah, yeah. but people say that. Sure. And then you're like, oh, but we aren't, but it's different. Yeah. So, but it's also, I'm just loving, I feel like this episode is kind of like a checkpoint or like a, a, a check-in to see where we're at. Anyway, yeah. all I, the reason I say that is because I don't think I would have had the guts to say this on our first episode slash i didn't feel that yeah i think the in the same way that i said earlier the confidence of emily Mm -hmm. has shifted i think the self-awareness of where you're at has shifted i think the vulnerability to be honest has shifted. like i think there's the emily of then is different than the emily of now if i was feeling this way in the summer i would not have said it i would have said pretty much exactly what i said the in our first episode like because i wasn't ready for people to know yeah well that's another thing that i think is interesting is like your willingness to invite people into the journey is really interesting like you way more to that but then honesty like i there are things that i you wouldn't have said or things that we wouldn't have posted on social or things that wouldn't have made it into an episode because of what if this person might hear this right and i think that whole confidence of who you are and where you are has definitely morphed and adjusted over the seasons and it hasn't, it hasn't all gone away and i think that my therapist said this and i thought this was really cool uh i don't know if we've said this on here i have a different therapist no i was just about to ask when your therapist is going to come on you have a new therapist now yeah i'm seeing a non-christian therapist now okay i think maybe you said that in either in passing or to but i think i didn't know it actually but he, he's like, he's can enter into like religious spaces, but sure. it just was getting to a point where my other therapist was like, I feel like this is just your deconstruction. And I'm like, well, I don't like that you said that. Um, but like he said, he was like, there's a difference between secrets and boundaries. He was like, secrets are always rooted in shame. And he was like, and mm-hmm. I, if he was like, if I felt like you were keeping your beliefs a secret because you felt shame about them, then I would say you need to be more open. He was like, however... I don't think it's wrong to be like, oh, this person's not a super safe person to bring this up or it wouldn't be helpful. Yeah. So I can still set that boundary. And that's been a, that, this is totally grown a different direction, but that's been a game changer for me because I feel like if I'm not sharing everything, then that means I have shame, mm. but that isn't the case. Yeah, exactly right. I just needed to say that, I guess. <laughs> no, but that's... You're not dumb for saying that. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's oftentimes many of us feel like if we're not sharing all of our story, 
then we're lying or we're shameful or keeping something. We've said that early on. It's like you don't owe everyone your story. Right. And every part of your story. Mm-hmm. And that it's up to you to figure out who and when and where. But to your therapist's point, like examining the why is important. Like am I not sharing it because of shame or am I not sharing it because it's a boundary? And I think that's a really important line to explore and figure out what's driving that. It's it's a huge line because and the other thing is I saw this recently about like many people have deconstructed from like fundamentalism feel that if they're not talking about it, then they are not proud of it because that's what was told about the gospel. Yeah. Right? Like it was like it was like if you're not shit telling everyone the gospel, then you aren't proud to be a follower of Jesus. And that idea, even if it's not with Jesus, like follows you kind of interestingly. Yeah. So there is this like pressure and shame of not sharing literally everything you think about everything. Hmm. I don't know. It just was like, it just was helpful to me, I think. And so all that to say, I'm, I don't feel like I need to have the, that boundary with the people who listen to this podcast. Hmm. And I don't really... I pretty much don't feel shame about it. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much don't. Um, Wait, so I think, I mean, we've been a little bit all over the place, but I think we could probably land the plane. And so Uh like if you, we've done a really interesting deep dive into where you're at, right? And I think that's really interesting. And like what, so I think I'm doing, trying to do the mental math. Six months about is how long we've been doing this maybe? Yeah. What do you project for oh, the Lord. next six months, like, or what do you hope for the next six months? For yeah, you? that's a good question. Oh, sometimes it feels like I shouldn't. It shouldn't be this drastic of a shift in such a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel kind of stupid for that, like I'm being dramatic. <laughs> I just need to say that. Um, <laughs> thanks for saying no, Emily. You're not dramatic. <laughs> okay. No, Emily, you're not dramatic. <laughs> like, um, my hope, honestly. <laughs> I don't I'm not sure my hope is that I just like continue to be honest and see where it takes us this is kind of like we're kind of I feel like we're like is this a like the Lewis and Clark of deconstruction <laughs> yeah I was about to say, I didn't know what you were gonna say but I was gonna say it feels a little bit like we're moving the first six months were very charted territory and we're at the we're at the Limhigh Pass, which is where Ooh. they had to they had to shed the the canoes and they had to go the different way. Wow, you really know your westward expansion history. Um, <laughs> this is oh, I'm gonna end with this, and this is gonna be freaking beautiful. Okay, so there was this map somewhere. <laughs> this is really great. I know all the details of this, and there were, it said like. And the parts that no one had ever mapped before, it said, like, here be monsters and here be giants and all this. And then someone got this map. I don't know. I don't know a lot about this story, but it it means a lot to me. Someone got this map, put all, like, and crossed out all the things that said, like, here be monsters, here be giants. And on all of those, they just wrote, here be God. Hmm. And, like, I think I love that. I don't know what I think about God right now, but, like. I believe that whatever God is, like, we're always, I just feel like, I don't know exactly what I want to say, but just like, I think that this journey is divine. Mm -hmm. 
even as we are going into the unknown. And I just hope that we can continue to be honest about both the journey and the feelings of the journey. Because again, I think, like I'm thinking about if Emily six months ago was listening to Emily today, she would be like, wow, someone went a little wild. (laughs) But it's like, that is, we need people to know we're not alone. That wasn't like a great answer, but. I think it was wonderful. Okay. It was true to where you are. And I think, um, and true to where we're going. And I think you're right. I think God is within the midst of this. And oftentimes the, the monsters or whatever that populate the outside, there's much more good in that space. And uh-huh. people are told you it pulled is. it around. Like we don't need to be scared of it, yeah. of the unknown. That's right. You freaking killed that. Um, and I'm thankful that you're in this journey with me like that. And I hope people see that like, like you are my friend, but like also you, like we started off as like, you were my pastor. Yeah. And so not that I don't see you as that anymore, but like all that to say, like there are pastors and people in ministry that can like stick with this in you and still value sure. you. Yeah. Like that's wild. I know it doesn't feel wild to you cause you're really good at that, but that's wild. Mm. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful, thankful for you. Aw. Okay. Well, um, thanks for listening and embrace the journey. This podcast wouldn't be possible without our friends from Chapel Media. And so if you're looking to maybe get your own podcast or other production needs met within the church or nonprofit space, go explore the services they have there. You can find them at chapel.media.